She goes barefoot when she feels like it, wears Levi's to class because they're more comfortable, and carries her auto harp with her everywhere she goes. So I was just a general assignments reporter, just a volunteer. And somebody on staff said, why don't you go check out this girl who is um, who's playing down at the, at the Texas Union? So I went down and, and I heard her. And I mean, I didn't know anything about folk music or, you know, pre-rock, but she sounded good to me. She had a very pretty voice. Jivey is what Janice calls herself, not beat. She leads a life that is enviously unrestrained. Not the Janice that she became later on. So they said, well, then, you know, why don't you interview her? So I managed to get hold of her. She doesn't bother to have her hair set every week or to wear the latest feminine fashion fads. And when she feels like singing, she sings in a vibrant alto voice. Pat Sharp was an assistant campus life reporter in the summer of 1962 for the Daily Texan. During that summer, Sharp interviewed freshman art major Janice Joplin for an article titled, She Dares to be Different. But she really began to think seriously about singing when she came to the university this year as a freshman majoring in art. She says that people in Austin are definitely more hip on folk music than the clods in other cities she has visited. Once she got up and started singing and got that applause, it completely gave her the confidence to be the performer that we now know she turned out to be, which is one of the best, most incredible live performers ever in the history of rock and roll. And so it really was due to, you know, this encouragement at UT. Holly George Warren is the author of Janice, Her Life and Music, which was named Best Nonfiction Book of 2019 by the Texas Institute of Letters. Joplin's personal correspondence shared by her siblings gave Warren insight into Joplin's time at UT. I grew up listening to her music as a teenager. I grew up in North Carolina and loved her music. And when I moved to New York and eventually started working at Rolling Stone, I was very curious about her trajectory, how she ended up going from Port Arthur, Texas to becoming this, you know, basically the queen of the counterculture in San Francisco in the 60s. You know, I did always associate Janice with Austin. That's where Janice first found her footing um, as a performer. 19-year-old Joplin enrolled at UT in the summer of 1962. She briefly studied art before dropping out after the fall semester. The music legend's brief time on campus still managed to make quite an impact. Back in those days, even though compared to other places in Texas, um, Austin was a little bit more progressive, but it was still pretty old school. For example, all the incoming female students had to live in a women's only boarding house or some form of accommodations. They were not allowed to just kind of find their own places to live. And of course, Janice wanted to live at this place that she was turned on to called the ghetto. According to an article by Robert Draper published in 1992 by the Texas Monthly, the ghetto was a complex of eight apartments in West Campus off of Nueces. Even though she did get a room in a boarding house, a little old lady was running. Um, the little old lady was hard of hearing, so Janice was able to sneak out every night and just <laughs> hang out and spend all of her time over there at the ghetto. Sharp, who went on to become a writer for Texas Monthly, visited the ghetto while working on a feature article about Joplin in the summer of 1962. We went over one night and hung out with 
Janice and her friends. It was the, the growing hippie scene. I don't know that we were using hippie at the time, but uh, that's what it was. The password around the ghetto is uninhibited. Man, if a person isn't uninhibited, he's sick. Whenever somebody gets the urge to stand up and do a little impromptu jig, he gets up and does it. At the ghetto, Joplin met the members of the Waller Creek Boys, a band she would join and perform with as a UT student. Apparently they got their name um, because there was this horrible, like, chemical runoff that came from the chemistry department, some, like, bright yellow or something that polluted Waller Creek there in town. And so, <laughs> as a joke, um, Powell St. John and Lanny Wiggins, who were the two members of the Waller Creek Boys, that's what they named themselves after. The group's first performance with Joplin was at an open mic at the Chuck Wagon on campus. Mostly it was people strumming their guitars and singing a Kingston Trio song or something like that. But with the Waller Creek Boys, it just became this sensation. And all these people just started flocking there to see this group with this girl that, you know, had this amazing voice. The Chuck Wagon morphed into what is now the Cactus Cafe in the Union, but remains a staple venue for current and former student musicians Rhea Mahesh and Gina Chavez, a UT alumna. Play the Cactus Open Mic pretty much every Monday before they closed for COVID. That's like probably the best gig that you can get because you just have to play one song and you can meet a bunch of people and it's every Monday. I started getting involved in kind of like the Austin songwriter community and going to places like the Cactus Cafe, which is on UT campus. They would have open mic nights, you know, and I would, I would sing songs that I had written, you know, in my dorm. Though the Cactus Cafe remains a staple, campus culture looks very different when Joplin was roaming the 40 acres nearly 60 years ago. It was very Greek at the time. We hadn't embraced the counterculture yet. We didn't even know it was a counterculture. Yeah, I, I never really became friends with Janice. I certainly, I certainly liked her, but I mean, you know, she was she was way too advanced for me. I was pretty straight. I was even in a sorority at the time. It's a huge university as it is now, so there's all different types of people. So the you know fraternity guys were much more similar to those mean bully high school boys. You know, back in Port Arthur, one fraternity every year had a contest called the Ugliest Man on Campus. It was a fundraiser, so to to nominate someone, you had to pay like five or ten bucks or whatever, and then there'd be a vote to see who won. So normally it was like some, you know, big old linebacker guy from the football team or, you know, whatever, were the nominees. But horribly, someone as a joke, you know, as a very hurtful joke, nominated Janice as ugliest man on campus and put her face on, you know, posters all over campus. And that just so hurt her. She became really uh, pretty notorious because... You know, there were not many women. There was a handful of young women that fancied themselves, you know, beatniks and dressed like Janice did. But they were, it was just a handful. So they really stuck out. Also, Janice was, um, not only was she very progressive in her racial views and believed in integration, etc. She also was sexually fluid. And so she had both male and female lovers. Despite often being the odd woman out, Joplin found her niche as an illustrator for the satirical campus newspaper, The Texas Ranger, comparable to today's Texas travesty. One football game, Janice decided to get all dressed up and wear high heels and, you know, a tight black dress and all this kind of stuff. But then she got mad because her feet were killing her. <laughs> 
and she like wanted to leave. And um, whenever the Texas Ranger would um, have, you know, publish a new issue, the university paid for it and would give them the money for all the sales or whatever for that issue. And then they'd have a big keg party. So Janice just, you know, like, let's leave this football game. I just want to go drink the beer at the keg party. Forget it. Joplin's time at UT was filled with hostility towards the counterculture she was a part of. But what is it like for creative student musicians on campus today? Ria Mahish is a biology and math junior who performs under the name Quiet Light. It took a couple semesters for her to find her place on campus. I'm like really involved in KVRX or local radio station and um, I think that that's been like where I've met the most like creatives and have been able to like really find people to work with. UT alumna Lainey Gonzalez also found community at the radio station. I did KVRX, which is like the student-run radio station, so that was a great way to meet people because like everyone there loved music and also like we're really connected to like the DIY and like health shows and I just like really got like my first taste of that by like joining KVRX. UT student musicians Philip Lupton and Truett Heitzelman make up a duo called Briscoe. They found fellow music lovers through an unexpected route. Both of us are in a Christian fraternity called um, Bucks. It's Brothers Under Christ. And that is really how we got to meet a lot of musicians around Austin. There's some some of the older guys that uh, we know that are in the uh, fraternity with us. There's a, a guy named Sloan Struble who started a band called Dayglow that is just taken off and I got to hang out with him a lot and get advice from him. Alumna and current Austin musician Gina Chavez did not feel like an outcast to the degree Joplin did, but recognizes many current students struggle to find spaces they're comfortable in on campus. The experience at UT is what you make it. You know, like there's so many opportunities, there's so many student groups, so many um, so many students, you know, that it's it's I think you can find your community if you're willing to you know, see what your passions are and take a risk and meet people. That's not to say that, like, UT couldn't, you know, doesn't have a long way to go, especially in terms of having more student groups that maybe are reaching out to populations that, um, you know, are more diverse, that are not in the majority or are often overlooked. Austin R&B musician and UT alumna, Maylot, felt overlooked during her time at the university. Being a black student at UT, you're already like super, super minority, right? I had to kind of like search out those people just because that's, you know, those are the people that I felt like understood what I was trying to do. I was hard pressed to first find music at UT that was reflective of what I liked. So much has changed since 1962 in American culture, campus culture, and in the city of Austin that it is impossible to say if Joplin would have enjoyed being a Longhorn more in 2020 or if college still would not have been the enjoyable four years many of the musicians I talked to experienced. Well, they thought I was completely insane. <laughs> they didn't like me, no. Because you see, and you know how small towns are, you're supposed to get married when you get out of high school and have a brood of children and keep your mouth shut, you know? And I didn't do any of those things. Even though she would badmouth Texas, and especially Port Arthur, she still definitely, you know, she never left Texas. You know, it was always in her heart, and just, she knew 
she wouldn't be doing what she was doing if she hadn't had that background. For The Daily Texan, this has been audio producer Addie Costello. This episode was created with help from Arjun Hedgedy, Jackie Ibarra, Will Lahardy, and Anna K. Reeves. The music you heard on this episode was Strangers by Hal Johnson, Pretty and Calm Down by Lainey Gonzalez off of her EP Just Blame Me. Both artists can be found on Spotify. The theme music was produced by Blue Dot Sessions. The interview clip you heard from Janice herself was from a 1969 interview outside of Royal Robert Hall. The reading of Pat Sharp's article for the Daily Texan, She Dares to Be Different, was done by audio producer Aurora Berry. If you want to learn more about Joplin, Holly George Warren's book, Janice, Her Life in Music, is still available.